So I'm really happy to welcome on this week's show, Kathy Hackle, good friend of mine of Outlier Ventures. Welcome, Kathy. Excited to be back. So looking forward to catching up with you. I actually can't remember when we last spoke, but I'm sure that a million things have happened uh, since then. So by way of intro, uh, you are co-founder and chief metaverse officer at Journey. Um, Journey is a new design innovation consultancy and you run the metaverse studio, but there's lots more to it than that. Um, and you're also nicknamed the godmother of the metaverse. I'm sure most people would probably heard of you by now, but might not necessarily know all the amazing things that you do. Um, you are also a partner at Live Ventures. You joined last year, you're very involved in a lot of mentoring that we do, in particular, uh, the Farfetch program that we've just announced. I know you're going to be very involved in that. Um, and you've got lots of other really interesting things going on in the world of fashion. Uh, but by no means limited to the world of fashion. Um, I'm not going to explain who you are by way of background because people can check you out, but it's it's very interesting. Lots of exposure to some of the biggest companies in the world around VR, XR, um, and a lot of the stuff that we've come to understand as the immersive metaverse. But I'm more interested in kind of just catching up with you, to be honest with you, and figuring out what the hell you've been up to. So what's new? What have you been up to? Oh my goodness. I mean, um, busy with so many projects. It's been a whirlwind since we last chatted. Um, you know, my company got acquired by Journey. So Futures Intelligence Group, which uh, I used to run, uh, got acquired by Journey. And um, yeah, you know, became uh, the Chief Metaverse Officer at Journey and I lead a Metaverse studio there. So that's been really exciting. Um, I had a you know a book come out in May that's done really well. I have another book coming out in January that I'm very excited about. They're all, of course, they're all metaverse related, and um, yeah, just working on a lot of different projects uh, from world building to virtual couture. It's just it's been a wonderful time. I have to be honest. It's been a, a wonderful time um, just to be part of this industry. So you know and. Yeah, I, I I feel like the only thing I can say is I'm living my best life. I'm extremely busy, but I'm living my best life right now. Yeah, well, look, I have no idea how you are managing to write not just one book, but multiple books, because that is a that is a huge uh, endeavor. Um, but maybe let's start off kind of the, the range of stuff you're doing, because, I mean, we can jump across multiple things, right? You know, whether it's fashion, I know you're working with uh, Walmart, you've been doing some interesting things in Roblox. Maybe just at a high level, and then we can go into some examples because we're talking offline before you came on. So, you know, there's a lot of focus on the markets, not just in Web3 and crypto, but you generally. But of course, in things like NFTs and everybody's kind of looking at this drop off in volume. Some people are a bit jaded with the metaverse narrative now. I'm, I'm over the metaverse. Didn't that go away with COVID? You know, haven't we all returned back to normality? So where are we at at kind of that macro macro level? Because I think you, you've got one of the best barometers for the level of adoption and the kind of seriousness that's coming into the space right now. Well, it's definitely still early days, right? And the term, the term metaverse is definitely a hyped up term. There's a lot of what I call pollution. It's a polluted word. There's a lot of pollution around it. 
I think people have a lot of misconceptions. Um, you know, if, every time I hear it, it's like, oh, isn't that VR or isn't that meta? And I'm like, no, the metaverse is not one single technology and it's not one single company. Uh, so I just, you know, what I tell people is, you know, what we're talking about here at the end of the day is the future of the the future of the Internet in some ways. The successor state to today's mobile Internet. I mean, Internet is going to keep progressing and changing and evolving. We're using the term metaverse, right, in, a, in, in some way to describe that. But, but yeah, it's enabled by many different technologies. It's still early days, right? So I always tell people, like, the metaverse, the capital M, that greater vision that many of us have had, uh, you know, is not here yet. We're building towards it. Now is the time to build. And there's many different things you can be building, right? You can be building community or you can be building inside virtual worlds. You can be building NFTs or building, you know, your own blockchain if that's what you choose to do. Um, but it's many different technologies, many different things. Um, it's still early, right? I, I just, for me, for the, for, for, you know, I've benefited from the term metaverse. I'm the first one to tell you that, obviously. But will we call it that in 10 years? I don't even know we, if we will. So we have to be honest, right? There's a lot of hype around the term, a lot of pollution. But at the end of the day, what we're talking about is the whatever comes after the mobile internet, it's going to be called something, you know, it's potentially going to be called the metaverse, who knows? But it's not one technology. It's not one company. It's what we're building towards. Um, so yeah, I, I yeah, I will be the first one to tell you, like, there's just so much, I don't know, the skepticism um, about it, pollution around the word, but then again, there's also so much opportunity. So, And look, it's been very persistent. It's like decades old. It's not gone away. You know, it didn't just appear um, a couple of years ago. It didn't just appear when Facebook transitioned to Meta. And so it's a useful device. And as you say, it's, it's, a, it's a, a framing that asks questions, I find, actually, rather than it necessarily gives answers. And I think that's good. Because we, we need to be questioning what is the future that we're walking into? Um, what are the business models? How is value created, shared? So, you know, you've got a lot of, as I said, lots of different interest exposure activities. Um, generally speaking, or maybe specific to, to certain uh, industries, what is it when enterprise, big companies, or even startups, when they come to you, for advice, what what are they looking for? You know, what what is the impetus behind why they feel that it's important that they are exploring or executing in the context of the metaverse? So I feel like I work with two different types of companies. I work with companies that might have been late to e-commerce, or might have like not thought social media was going to be big, um, and they want to leapfrog. Right? They're like, this is our chance to leapfrog into Web three, and they're really all in. Leadership is aligned. They're all in on this, right? Um, and then I also work with companies that are extremely culturally relevant and want to remain culturally relevant and understand that, yeah, it's not just TikTok. Like they, they got to do a lot of other things to prepare for the future. And a lot of the younger folks, yeah, are on, on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, but they're also in the gaming spaces, right? So, so I think that they're starting to kind of look at uh, the things that are happening there. So, yeah. <laughs> One of the things I, I think I do from a strategy perspective is become their Sherpa in some ways and say, okay, let me lay this all out for you. This is what potentially this looks like. And then 
if you want to start experimenting, let's say you want to do world building first, because that's what you feel more, more comfortable, then yeah, let's look at these potential places. You want to be in a decentralized space, you want to be in a centralized space, right? Where do you feel like you should start? Uh, okay, you don't want to do virtual worlds. Maybe you want to start in NFTs. Okay, let's look at the different blockchains. Let's look at the different projects. Let's, you know, do you want to partner with, with an existing project? So really laying it all out and saying this is what's this is what's available right now, right? This is what's happening right now. And yeah, we can plan towards the future with glasses, you know, all those sorts of things. But for right now, this is what you can do, right? And lay out, start to help out, lay out, lay out a strategy that makes sense to them, that is aligned to their business, you know, their business objectives, and that is also aligned to where their community is. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I do a lot of that work, a lot of education, but it's also a lot of like being that that help person that helps them navigate and understand it, because I've been able to straddle both worlds, right? I come from a very strong XR background, so AR, VR, spatial computing, cloud computing, and then got introduced into more of the Web three blockchain space over the last two years. You know, active off course. I mean, I'm a member of a lot of these communities, a lot of DAOs, a lot of different projects. You know, partner at um, you know at Outlier and yeah, you know, it's it, it's co- trying to get someone to explain to them what the breadth of this is, right? What you know, what a conversational AI has to do this, like do with this. So, so yeah, I think it's a lot of education. People are really excited, but they're very anxious and a little lost, right? So it's a lot of that. I feel like a Sherpa sometimes. And so, I mean, just kind of picking some of the things out of that, it feels like they feel that there's a, a shift from their customer's base is behaviors in maybe how they're consuming media, where they're spending their time. And they, they kind of first want to understand that landscape and they they need to understand where they have a presence. Is that a good way of framing yeah. it? Yeah. Some of them want to, you know, and, and I think one of the things that I, I do a lot with brands is that sometimes they want to do things in public, right? They want to be very public and they want to launch something in Fortnite Creative or Roblox, right? But sometimes they want to test in private. And I feel like our, our company allows them to do that too. You know, they might not want to test an assumption in, you know, the sandbox or, or something. So allowing allowing the brands to test, you know, yeah, th- their audience might not be fully in, you know, the central end or in the sandbox, but they want to test and learn something there. So allowing them to also test in territories that are new to them or where the, their audience might not be yet. Right. So I think that it's a little bit of a mix of, of test and learn, but also, you know, execution when. Um, it's OK. Go on. We, 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 we welcome furry guests. <laughs> execution, you know, into what is available today. So it's, it's a bit of a combination um, and it is about juggling. I think the biggest thing for me is like when the brands start to get involved, they want to do everything. Right. And the reality is that you don't need to do everything. You should have a face, you know, a strategy with face pilots and say, this is the pilot. This is what we're doing in phase one. This is what we're doing in phase two. These are the things we're going to be rolling out. And obviously keep some flexibility because as both of you and I know, this space moves at record speed and things change every single day. Um, So a strategy with, you know, with a clear faced approach, but with flexibility in some ways. For me, it all starts with strategy. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of the marketing departments have scratched the itch. And they did the, we were the do, first to do X in the metaverse, right? Um, they've scratched that itch and now you get actually go into, okay, what does that mean for the company? What does it mean for the brand long-term? You know, for some of the companies, it is a conversation around path to commerce, right? What is the path to commerce here? Um, you know, and I'm not, I don't want to make this conversation all about making money, but it is a question of like, 
how do we monetize our community or how do we make money? Like, right, th- there are conversations from a business sense that are happening. I'd hope so. I don't yeah. so, you know, that, that we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be uh, shy about that, right? Um, and so is it, what kind of, you mentioned marketing, what other functions are typically engaging you? Is it marketing innovation? What, what rate, is it across a whole business, C-level? It's across the whole, it's, it's crazy. It is really crazy across the whole business. I mean, a lot of marketing teams, yeah, because I'm fairly known in that space, but a lot of innovation teams, um, I have HR departments that call me as well and say, hey, if, if we're looking for someone to lead Metaverse and Web3 or crypto inside our company, like who should we be looking at? Like what skills does that person need? So, I mean, I've even had to craft like job descriptions with them. So, um, you know, or people that are like, hey, we want to set up an internal Metaverse business unit. How do we do that? Who should we be hiring? You know, so it, it's 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 such a broad group of people that I talk to within the orgs. Um, you know, I'll talk to like CTOs or CIOs at times about like tech stacks. I mean, obviously I have some smaller, you know, I'm not super highly technical. I have some you know, technical knowledge, but, you know, but I, I'll start the conversation and then maybe, you know, have my team who's a lot on the technical side, talk to them about the tech stack. Um, so, so yeah, I talk to a lot of different folks. Um, everyone has different questions. So, I mean, I think, I think that helping them set up a function, you know, figure out, who leads it, uh, figure out what its uh, OKR should be, what its business objectives should be, or at least how it can be aligned to business objectives, path to commerce, is is reassuring to hear that starting to happen, right? Because that really means we can kind of move out of just, as you say, marketing campaigns, experience, which is all great, but like it isn't organizational change or transformation. Um, and, you know, we've... You mentioned earlier we're collaborating on this Farfetch program, and actually we really enjoyed the experience of working with them generally. We had the head of growth on the pod. Um, I don't know when it will come out sequentially. A couple of couple of episodes um, prior to this, um, and um, Web three is in the OKRs of C level as a as a business, which is it's the first time I've ever heard that. Have you, have you come across that so far? Yeah, and some of the companies, some of the companies I work with, it's amazing to see that popping up, right? Really, tr- leadership truly, truly saying, you know, not just saying, oh, you know, do X and Roblox. No, like they really will think about, okay, what is our Web three play? You know, uh, how are we? You know, what is the connectivity here? And one of the biggest evolutions I've seen, Jamie, is also around the concept of the brand codes, the brand DNA, and opening it up a little bit to creators, right? And that's scary territory, right? That for most brands. That's very scary for, especially for luxury brands. Like that is mine. Like that is like, well, you know, that's something I don't think they were ready for, but now they're being forced, you know, their brands are being reinterpreted. Uh, They're they're being reinvented by other people. So starting to, understand the shift that is happening in the creation process, right? It doesn't mean that they're going to leave everything up to the creators, but starting to create those partnerships is where I've seen such a radical change um, that, you know, I think a couple of years ago would have been unimaginable. So yeah, there, there is this change happening institutionally on how, how these companies start to look at, you know, the coming of, of the internet. So the coming, the future of the successor state of the yes. whole internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting that 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 the 
the cultural that they're kind of acknowledging a cultural shift and not just a business model shift um but you, you kind of highlighted fashion there. so let's just dive into that um so uh i know that you've been working across fashion generally but then within some specific things virtual couture and, and fashion in the metaverse outfits for avatars can you can you talk us through some of the, the, the stuff you've been doing there yeah doing a lot of really interesting work around virtual couture um you know i was a lot of things are happening personally on a level that I've never expected. So, like, oh, I Vogue. saw you in this fashion thing with Vogue. Yes. With like, that was amazing. It's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. I'm in Vogue and I'm just kind of like in who, shock. Who else was in the list? It was just like 50 major ballers in, in the fashion. Yeah, sport. it was Vogue's Forces of Fashion. Right. Um, it's their big global event. And I'm like in there with Stella McCartney and Camila Cabello. And like, <laughs> amazing. it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I just came off of uh, Vogue Forces of Fashion. I was uh, in the Mexico event, um, you know, like with Maria, Gra Maria Gracia Curie from, from, Curie from uh, Dior. Like it's just, it's mind boggling. But what I love is happening is kind of this interesting shift. And, and this is how I'll explain it to you. Like, um, I'm sure you've been to Fashion Week before, right? But I've been to many Fashion Weeks. Uh, New York Fashion Week, especially, and I would go and someone would ask me, like, what do you do? And I'd be like, I work in technology. Like, it's a whisper. Like, I didn't want, you know, they're like, what is the tech person doing at the fashion show? But this year at New York Fashion Week, it was like, we were like, the tech people were the sexiest people <laughs> at the show. It was so weird. Yeah. And um, yeah, everything from like the Tommy Hilfiger, you know, I've, I've done a panel with him. Fantastic. I, I love their, the CEO, Tommy. They invited me to the show. His team, uh, Tommy, Tommy uh, play team invited me. And um, I'm there, you know, at New York Fashion Week. It's his return to New York Fashion Week. I get pulled into the VIP. And I'm just sharing this because I think it's a really interesting moment. I get pulled into the VIP. So I'm in the VIP area um, with, you know, like Chris Jenner, Travis Barker, Sean Mendes, La Roach, like celebrity, like a -Lab, like celebrity, right? And then I'm there with G-Money, and Fawocious is there. Gary V is somewhere over there. And I'm like, this Web3 component that was present there, to me, was this moment that signaled Web3 and Metaverse and gaming are a force of fashion that is starting to be taken seriously, really seriously, obviously, by some of these brands. But it was beautiful. It was To me, it was a poetic moment of sorts, right? Of, of this truly fashion does get it. They understand that this is where things are going. And they need to engage with the, the Web3 community. I mean, you were, you, I remember you went, um, I had serious FOMO when you went down to Italy. Um, I, had a, yeah, to I had a similar moment. I had a similar moment, yeah, with the, around the D&G drop that they did, which I was unofficially or informally, you know, helped with. It wasn't actually a formal engagement with Outlier. I just helped them understand who, who might be the type of buyer for that, that kind of NFT and, uh, I think a good a good chunk of the people that participated in it were um, I was connected to in some way, but yeah, that I went to Venice Fashion Week. Uh, what was it? Venice Fashion Week? I don't know. They did a show anyway, um, and I had a similar moment afterwards as the after party. And you look around the room, and they have all these tables. I don't know. Let's say it's fifty tables. I'd say forty of those tables were hip hop tables, and I was on the one where three table um, and it almost felt like I was on the kids table there. Right. You know, it was like all the adults were over there and there's this kid kids table over here. Um, 
But it was a really interesting insight for me. So A, I was looking around that room going, you know what, I reckon that that one Web3 table is probably going to be three next time around. And maybe by the end of the decade, it's like majority Web3 culture related. Um, and you can see how fashion has adopted integrated hip hop as a cultural movement into the world of fashion. And I, I can see the same thing happening with Web3. Web3, not just as a technological movement, but as a cultural movement as well. Um, so it, I had, it had a, a similar moment, but probably not as cool as yours, I'd say, because um, you, you had more more hardcore Web3 people with you in the room, which shared experience is always a better experience, right? Um, so so maybe then let's go into um, Walmart. So polar end of the spectrum, right, from high-end luxury couture, it's still retail, I guess, you know, um, but work, working with a behemoth like Walmart entering the metaverse, I know you did a, a test with Roblox. Tell us, tell us about that, I guess the brief and then, and then the, 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 the implementation. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been fantastic working with them. Um, you know, the, the fact that I get to say that, you know, myself and my company helped the largest, the world's largest retailer by revenue enter one of the biggest virtual platforms. Like I, I just, I pinch myself all the time. It's It was huge, but we did two massive builds in Roblox for them that launched on the same day. Um, so not just one branded world, there was two large builds with tons of IP in each one of them. One is Walmart Land, which has um, brands like Lottie London, Goodies, Netflix is in there as well. There's like a Stranger Things um, trivia game. There's a lot of different brands in there um, that has Electric Island and House of Style, and it's going to have a lot more things coming to it. And then there's the Universe of Play, which is tied to their um, to their toy catalog that came out uh, recently. And that one has, I mean, LOL Dolls and Paw Patrol and, you I mean, you, you name it, um, you know, a lot, a lot of IP. We worked not only with Walmart, but we worked with their, with the people that sell, you know, a lot of these brands at Walmart, um, lots of IP. So that in itself was a, quite an undertaking. I've learned a lot definitely from, you know, from corporate. I don't think anyone's ever done that much IP in one of these worlds at wow. the same time. Time, I need to, to get my daughter's review of that actually, because um, obviously yeah. Walmart, we're in the UK, so the Walmart's not necessarily a, a brand she'd understand. But um, I mean, she's just constantly in Roblox, so I, I'm, I'm yeah. going to have to go and do her. I had um, the I think it was she's eight years old, Amelia, the uh, daughter of someone at uh, Google Ventures in Sweden, oh, wow. uh, reviewed it, and she he sent me a picture. She's like, I like Walmart Land because I can do this, and I was like, that's the review that matters. There you go. Like, that's the one that matters to me. So, um, but the cool thing with that build, first two massive builds launched at the same time, um, with so much IP in them and fun. Like really, it was focused on fun. There's a lot of fun activities to do there. Um, but one of the things that, you know, the idea is like keep these worlds fresh, especially like Walmart land, keep it fresh. And um, we were able to, we were able to, uh, to produce a virtual concert. I get to say that, like I produced the motion capture for this with the artist, went to LA, worked with Kane Brown. Kane Brown is, um, you know, a country singer, but he's, he's doing what I think is like a Taylor Swift. He's, you know, coming into pop. Right, <laughs> so, yeah. So worked with Kane Brown, who's fantastic. Uh, Youngblood, who... He's punk rock, you know, UK guy, amazing. Dom is fantastic. High energy. He was breaking the technology. I have stories. 
Um, and then Madison Beer, who's just a beautiful, you know, singer. Um, just the music is her. It's like a, it's like listening to a Disney princess, if, you know, in real life. Um, but but yeah, I worked with the three of them to do the motion capture of the concert and then create the concert in Roblox. It was called Electric Fest. It was I think it's the first time someone's done a back to back three artists, three songs per artist, full on fest, about 30 minutes worth of programming inside Roblox with different artists. Right. Um, yeah. Normally you have like one artist that does one concert or, or something, right. but this was an actual festival. Um, and for the teams, we didn't only do that, but we actually worked with the teams uh, and the artists one-on-one to create what I call virtual couture. So, you know, how couture, it's like elements in the runway, they're made, they're one of one or, you know, made for very special bespoke moments. Uh, in, in this case is creating virtual, you know, virtual fashion moments of impact in the metaverse. So we created looks for all of them, uh, you know, like Kim Brown had his own sneakers that we designed and uh, Youngblood had like these crazy looks. Uh, and like with Madison Beer, we designed two looks for her. Uh, one, one has like this really beautiful giant bow that she's known for. And then the last look was this beautiful black gown that had sparkles and I just remember the fans were just like, look at that dress. Like they were enamored by it. Um, so, so, you know, for me, it's like thinking the inspiration behind this virtual couture moment is thinking about how do you create those moments? So think of like JLo and I'm not dressing JLo, but think of JLo in the green Versace dress. Everyone knows that image. How do you start to create those types of moments in metaverse? Right. And not necessarily create something that every avatar is going to get, but create virtual couture for that specific moment for that artist in a virtual space. So, um, yeah, it, it was one of the, one of the projects I'm the most proud of was, was working. Very on cool. That. Well, look, congratulations on that. Um, and I know from my daughter that Roblox are updating the avatars so they can be more human. Like she's currently freaked out by it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, she's acclimatizing to it. And I guess that's going to just allow, Certainly in a wearables and couture context, you're going to be able to do much more with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. They've got layered clothing. I mean, and I do see, I do see a lot of the younger generation not wanting to go with the more realistic looking avatars. Like my kids cringe at my avatar because mine's more realistic. Uh, it's like retro. Like, I think that's the word retro and anthro. Like right. they, they like the boxy, the boxy ones. Yes, um, right. Yeah. It's I don't think I've ever gotten so much engagement on a tweet than when I tweeted about, you know, my, my choice of avatar. <laughs> oh, really? That's hilarious. So look, um, to wrap up, great catching up with you. You know, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know how you, you do it all. So um, congratulations on, on, on keeping trucking. Um, what are you most excited about next? And that could be a particular startup that you you've seen in the Farfetch program. It could be a, a, a trend more generally as we're looking at coming, closing off the year now, looking into 2023. What tell us, tell us what's getting, getting you going. Yeah. Some of the, uh, some of these startups uh, in the Farfetch uh, program are amazing. There was one uh, that really blew my mind um, related to virtual humans and the work they've done with that. And, oh, yeah, and those realistic avatars are bonkers. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was amazing. Amazing. I was really blown away because they you could tell how much work they've put into it beyond just the, the standard things that are available out there. So very blown away by them. Um, you know, I could just look at that and I'd be like, wow, if that could have conversational AI, like that's just totally different level. Which is going to happen, right? I mean, so yeah. just for context, these are like AAA movie grade 
avatars that you can, um, you know, with with a motion capture on, you, you can also do live uh, live performances with. But yeah, if you can then imbue that with um, some form of uh, intelligence, then then it gets really crazy, right? So very very inspired by that, inspired by all the, all the startups really uh, in, in in that cohort. Um, I would say from a long-term perspective, I'm excited about many things, but I'll mention two. Uh, volumetric video. So, I mean, there, there's no light field, but holograms, let's call it that for lack of better words. Yeah. Uh, continuing to see how that gets incorporated into virtual worlds. Very excited about that. Working on a lot of projects myself around that. And then if I am 100% honest, Jamie, I am, I am just thrilled and thankful for the way the community has welcomed me and has championed me as a woman in tech. Like, and I always say this, I, I'm not the typical face when you think of, that you see when you think of technology. Like I just, I'm not, but I've been really welcome and championed and supported by people around me. And, um, and I feel like it's a moment for a lot, of, a lot of diverse folks to enter the space and feel empowered. So excited about that, excited about what the future could potentially be if we have more people with a true seat at the table. Right, not just a fictional one. So, yeah, and I think that's a really good point to end on, right? Because obviously, um, I mean, this is the metaverse show. We talk about the full spectrum of innovation across the metaverse, but we obviously have a very strong leaning into Web three. Personally, what's really excited me is um, how much the metaverse as a context has broadened the community, the kind of conversation, the themes. Um, uh, but I'll note, right, that in everything that we've discussed, Web3 is a kind of lesser part to some of the work you've been doing. Um, what does that mean for, for 2023, right? Because I, I know it is, it's not that you're actively not doing that, but you're, you are covering the full spectrum of yeah. things. So where does Web3 fit in this? It, 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 what, what, what is... Um, how is the wider world looking at us? Yeah. I mean, I do do Web3 projects, right? I'm yeah. definitely, you know, did NFT strategies for Clinique, et cetera, those sorts of things. What I have noticed is maybe some of the brands that were really bullish on doing an NFT for, you know, for the, you know, Q, Q3 and Q4 are like, eh, let's hold off a little bit till, till 2023. So I think we'll see more of that in 2023, also depending on market conditions many different things, right? There was a lot of uncertainty there uh, with the market conditions and then the merge. People were like, what was this going to, what is this, how is this going to change? And, you know, a lot of things, you know, things things went well, thank God. So, but yeah, I think that, that definitely seeing kind of, I saw a little bit of a slowdown or a, a, like a wait and hold kind of moment and then full on in gaming. But I'm, I'm, I'm very bullish about Web3. Um, I'm excited about things like, you know, like Neil Stevenson's Lamina 1, like, I'm excited about what he's building. I'm excited about it, the vision him and Peter have. And, um, you know, it's a vision that you've had, that you guys share an, an open idea and concept of the metaverse. You guys should be, I don't know if you've connected, but you guys should definitely be talking. Not yet. Not um, yet. We want, to, we want to get them on the show for sure. Yeah, yeah. Happy to, you know, make an introduction. For yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Because you share that vision of an open metaverse. And I think that there's, there's yeah, there's something beautiful there. Um, yeah, I see a lot of changes changes happening um it's, it's an exciting time it's you know it's economically difficult for a lot of people but at the end at, this, at the same time for a lot of us on a professional level i see a moment of reinvention right where you're kind of asking questions to yourself like what do i really want to do 
Well, that's a great way to end. Look, Kathy, uh, always a pleasure to catch up. And you know what? We keep missing each other physically. Um, I know you had your thing in London. I couldn't make it. And then there was something else. And so it's going to happen at some point. Um, but for now, um, for now, we'll just have to keep, I'll have to keep doing this as an excuse to talk to you. Um, thanks for all that you do at Outlier as a partner, as a mentor in the program. I, I know everyone's very excited to work with you in, in, in the Farfetch Collab. And really looking forward to seeing what you're doing uh, in this, the end of this year, 2023. We'll probably have to have you on again in six months just to catch up. Always happy to come back. I hope I get like a special trophy or coat. For, yeah, you know, some co-op. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely get you, get you some merch or something. Kathy, great to chat. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and share your feedback to help us reach as many people as possible with the important mission of Web3.